Good morning. I'm Donna Quinn, and for the next half hour, you'll be listening to Talk of Our Towns. Today, we will be talking about the Wildlife Center of the North Coast, an incredible organization, which affects all of us who live here, actually, um, because we all interact with wildlife. That's one of the great joys and um, gifts of living in this area. Uh, the Wildlife Center of the North Coast is having their third annual Founders Dinner. It's Sunday, October 13th at the Seaside Convention Center. It's going to be a really great, fun event with a very special video, which we'll learn about today. From my guest in the studio, I have Josh Zrampa. Josh is the Executive Director of the Wildlife Center of the North Coast. Hi, Josh. Hello, Donna. So happy to have you here today. Glad to be here. Before we find out more <clears throat> about you and the Wildlife Center of the North Coast, I want all of us to think about the value of wild things. And and to that end, I'd like to just start off by reading Wendell Berry's poem. When despair for the world grows in me, and I wake in the night at the least sound, in fear of what my life and my children's lives may be, I go and lie down where the wood drake rests in his beauty on the water, and the great heron feeds. I come into the peace of wild things who do not tax their lives with forethought or grief. I come into the presence of still water, and I feel above me the day-blind stars waiting with their light. For a time, I rest in the grace of the world and am free. That poem by Wendell Berry, I think, would speak to all of us because we we know the experience of seeing a blue heron standing in the water and that peace that comes over us. The Wildlife Center of the North Coast is run by this amazing young man, Josh Sarampa. <laughs> Josh, please tell us a little bit about yourself and how you came to be doing all of the things you're doing right now. Sure. Um, well, a little bit about myself. I'm a fourth-generation Astorian. Um, Born and raised, went to Astoria High School here, graduated in 2010. Um, but my whole life I've had this uh, affinity or, or love for nature, wild animals, um, being out there, which was kind of fostered by um, my grandfather, who was a biologist or a biology major and teacher. Um, so from early on, I knew I wanted to spend my life working with um, with wildlife in some capacity out in nature. Uh, so when I turned 13, my mother, who's an insurance agent locally, um, said, oh, there's this wildlife rehab center out in um, out in Olney. You should call them up and see if you can volunteer. I think they take volunteers. So I called and I um, spoke to Charnel, who is our, is our late founder, um, and said, hey, I'd like to volunteer. She asked how old I was. I said 13. She said, you're way too young. You have to be 18 to volunteer. Call back, you know, in five years. So... Hung up, was kind of disappointed, but went on with my life. Three years later, I remembered about this place and thought, hmm, I'm not 18 yet, but maybe they'll let me in. So I called up, um, spoke again with Charnel, and uh, she didn't recognize me or remember me because I've never met her, but she asked uh, how old I was, and, I, you know, that was kind of a, this is a kind of a pinnacle part, you know, I... Uh, had to decide whether I told her the truth and said 16 or and not get in or say 18 and got to volunteer um, and hope she didn't card me. But I said I was 18. She said, come on out. And uh, that's why I started volunteering. But anyhow, so I've always kind of loved the place ever since I um, 
was 16, so the past 11 years, I've been volunteering and or working for the Wildlife Center of the North Coast. And that's how many years now? That's 11 years. 11 years. Mm-hmm. And um, for those folks listening who may not know about the Wildlife Center of the North Coast, why don't you explain about the founder a little bit and mm-hmm. then what it is that you do? Yeah, so our founder, Chanel Fee, um, she founded the Wildlife Center of the North Coast uh, 20, 22 years ago now, 1997, October of 1997. Um, she was a paralegal for 25 years in Portland, took a sabbatical, started volunteering at different rehab centers just to see what she wanted to do with her life, and um, fell in love with wildlife rehabilitation after volunteering at places. Um, went back to her job and um, kept volunteering on her weekends, and she decided to take an early retirement buy some property out here on the coast in Astoria and because there was no real wildlife representation, wildlife rehabilitation representation on the Oregon coast to help the coastal animals. So she moved here seeing that need, started her wildlife rehab center um, in, like I said, 97, and uh, and then she ran it until um, she died in 2015. Um, she was an amazing woman. She worked herself, you know, she worked herself ragged. She was working at least, you know, 12-hour days longer sometimes. And with great passion. She yes. loved it. And so you now um, are the executive director mm-hmm. of the Wildlife Center of the North Coast, which is a 501c3. Mm-hmm. It's a nonprofit. Right. Um, you have um, mostly you work with shorebirds, seabirds. Mm-hmm. You have a hospital. So what would someone see? Because you're looking for volunteers. Right. Um, you can always use volunteers. And it's such an incredibly rewarding experience. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Uh, Talk a little bit about what is the Wildlife Center. What is the Wildlife Center? Yeah, so the Wildlife Center, like you said, is a 501c3 nonprofit wildlife hospital, um, but we're also a conservation educational facility um, or center. So uh, we take in most native injured orphan and sick wildlife, um, all native wild birds, most native wild mammals that are injured orphan and sick, with the goal being to fix them up, release them back out. Um, Like I said, we're the only uh, wildlife rehabilitation facility on the Oregon coast. But um, and we're also the only place that specializes in seabird rehabilitation in all of Oregon um, presently. Um, So we take in around a thousand, sometimes more. We've seen as many as 3000 animals come through our facility, but we take in on average probably about a thousand animals per year um, on a very small staff. Uh, And like I said, it's primarily seabirds. Uh, We sit on 105 acres with about 20 outdoor uh, flight aviaries or enclosures, a state-of-the-art wildlife hospital with um, about 50 stainless steel kennels inside to house the animals in while they're recovering. Um, And then we have uh, three staff, well, four staff presently. I have a part-time volunteer coordinator, a part-time administrative uh, assistant or coordinator, and then my full-time wildlife rehabilitation coordinator, and then, of course, myself, full-time executive director. Right, and you had to get your credentials to be a wildlife rehabilitator. Yeah, so when I turned 18, I tested for, you have to have two years' experience working in a wildlife rehabilitation setting. Um, They have to take a knowledge and a practical exam. And what causes most of the injuries for the the seabirds, shorebirds, the wildlife that you um, are taking in and rehabilitating to release back into the wild? Yeah, so in general... um, uh, a high percentage of our animals, I, I would roughly estimate 75 to 80 percent of our animals coming in were somehow injured by human cause. Hit by car, window strike, you know, slam into your window at a house, um, caught by cat, which is human cause because they're not natural predators here in this area. Um, fishing line entanglement from on the ocean, gunshot. Um, we see just about everything. Um, 
but then some of our seabirds come in starving. Um, this time of year, we're seeing a lot of birds coming in. It's the winter or the fall migration, even out in the seabirds. And uh, they're coming in because we have juveniles that don't quite know how to hunt yet. First year, um, starving uh, adults that are starving, which, you know, we're not entirely certain why, but we, we attribute it to the warming ocean conditions that we've seen kind of trends over the past um, uh, four years or so, five years. Uh, but yeah, it's a huge percentage is directly human related. The need for this wildlife rehabilitation is growing, mm -hmm. especially as there are more humans coming, you know, whether they're people who live here or visitors, mm -hmm. um, tourists, there are more people, there's more opportunity for interaction with wildlife. And um, so that need is great. Right. And so you're funded by grants and by donations. And, and so, and this event, which is happening, the third annual Founders Dinner, which is Sunday, October 13th. Um, let's talk a little bit about that event. Yeah. So this is, like you said, our third year running this Founders Dinner event. Um, we started it to, uh, in 2017. Um, because that was our 20-year anniversary in operation. Uh, we started to be kind of a big celebration of the first 20 years, as well as a kind of a, a celebration of our founder for starting this organization that's so um, seriously needed in this area. Um, and that was, you know, way more successful than we even had any idea it would be. Um, and really what it is, is it's, it's a dinner. It's a banquet-style dinner. You come in, you, know, you buy your ticket, you come in, um, enjoy a nice meal. With um, wonderful people. Wonderful people. Who are, also want to support education and yep. wildlife rehabilitation. Yep. So you're sitting with volunteers, staff, um, other supporters of the organization. Um, and you sit down to a nice meal. We have, you know, a couple of presentations from our MC, who is David Reed, the executive director of the Chamber of Commerce here in Estonia. David Reed is fabulous. He's going to yeah. be, a, he's a great MC. Yeah. So he's our MC again this year. Um, and he'll give a presentation, I'll give a short presentation, and then we're going to be playing this um, short eight-and-a-half-minute video or so, um, and then moving on to a live auction and a paddle bid to end the night. Um, and, of course, all the funds raised go directly towards wildlife rehabilitation, so helping the animals recover, as well as our um, conservation educational programs. Well, the conservation educational programs mm -hmm. are so vital. Mm -hmm. And you, for the first time ever, you actually had a summer camp this mm -hmm. past year. Yeah, this so... this year, this summer. Yeah, so we... At the Wildlife Center, we know um, that the individual care of wildlife, the rehabilitation, doesn't really, big picture doesn't help populations. Um, saving this one robin, releasing it, doesn't doesn't save the robin population. Uh, we do that because we care about that individual robin. Um, so we have these conservation educational programs as well, which are designed to um, be a bigger picture um, helping situation. So we know that the conservation education helps create or foster stewards of the environment and wildlife and so we decided um this this year in july to run our first ever um, youth summer camps on our property because like so we have 105 acres perfect for that so i hired a um, part-time camp coordinator who was a local teacher at Esther elementary school um hired her to come out and kind of create the curriculum for the week and decide you know we kind of brainstormed on what ages um and how long and all this you know it was a lot of a lot of behind the scenes stuff but we managed to we decided we could have as many as 20 kids uh between the age you know entering third and fourth grade um and we ended up with 18 registered and attending camp um it was a five-day camp uh four hours each day and it was just it was hugely successful we um saw 
I mean, these kids just had a blast, and the we, the feedback we got from the parents was amazing. And so um, they learned about habitats, um, adaptations for living in different habitats, and they learned each day we had a different job focus. So we had someone else that worked in um, with wildlife or environmental fields come in and talk to the kids about their job. Um, to try to, I mean, these are young kids, but try to give them an idea that you can work with wildlife or helping wildlife in some way as an adult. Um, so, yes, yeah, so now we're kind of planning already to try to create three camps next year. That's great because the Wildlife Center of the North Coast was not particularly well known because you, you're, you're busy doing the work that you're doing in a fairly remote, isolated place. Mm-hmm. And while you do sometimes go to Sunday Market with, let's say, a bird that lives mm-hmm. at the facility who could not be released back into the wild, um, a lot of people haven't known. But suddenly now there's there you have, because of these founders' dinners, you have more resources mm-hmm. so that you can have a higher profile in the community and, um, and you can really step up the conservation and education part of all this, which is mm-hmm. so essential. And having these camps and then eventually, you know, having some tours open to the public. Um, those kinds of yeah. things are going to really help people know who you are and what right. you're doing. Yeah. In the past four years that I've been the executive director and that we've kind of really, we've hired appropriate staff and we've had these appropriate resources coming in. Um, of course, we could always use more um, to expand, you know, our programs better. But since then, our survival rate has increased by over um, 20% in our wildlife patients. And that's just because we have the dedicated staff to really care for those animals. We have, you know, the money coming in to buy the proper nutrition, do the proper procedures. Um, uh, And so that's been kind of, you know, that's a big statistic there. What are the qualifications to be a volunteer at the Wildlife Center of the North Coast? A willingness to learn and a love for wildlife really is what it comes down to. We will teach you anything you need to know. And um, 18 and up? Yep. Yeah, right. Yeah, I guess I should okay. clarify that. 18 so and up? You have to be, in order to handle the wildlife, um, you have to be 18 years old at least. Um, we will allow you to volunteer younger, but um, depending on the age, you have to either have a parent or guardian, or you will not be allowed to actually, so like 16 to 18, if you can drive yourself there, you won't be able to actually physically handle the wildlife, but you can help with ground, grounds maintenance, cleaning cages, sure. and feeding. Being, being there on the property, mm-hmm. right. Exciting. Well, this Founders Dinner is going to be really exciting because we're going to hear about a wonderful story um, Mm -hmm. about how this video happened um, in just a minute uh, in the second half of the program. If you've just tuned in, you're listening to Talk of Our Towns. I'm your host, Donna Quinn, and today I have Josh Sarampa in the studio. He is the executive director of the Wildlife Center of the North Coast, a vital and valuable organization here um, on the Oregon coast, the only one of its kind. Um, You can go to their website, uh, which is Uh, coastwildlife.org coastwildlife.org and that will take you to link to Eventbrite so that you can buy your ticket for this event please buy a ticket whether you can go or not maybe buy a ticket and give it to your neighbors Mm -hmm. but there's a way that you can contribute to helping our wildlife in this area and helping with all the educational and conservation um, messages that are so very important that we need to um, have here in our community and beyond even. So the Seaside Convention Center, Sunday, October 13th. The doors open at 530. There's a dinner, and we'll hear about the video. David Reed, the amazing David Reed, uh, the uh, chamber director here at Astoria Warrington Chamber of Commerce, uh, will be the MC. And again, you can buy your ticket online. There's a Facebook page for the Wildlife Center of the North Coast. And I encourage everyone to buy a ticket. Go to this event if you can't. If you if you can, if you cannot attend, buy a ticket or buy some buy something on the website. Make mm-hmm. a donation. There's a way to do that yeah. too. So Josh, let's talk about 
this exciting video and how it happened that people are going to be able to see something um, which yeah. just seemed to come. It came because of your connections. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So at this dinner, we're going to be playing a, a little, like I said, eight and a half minute long documentary about our work. And this documentary is put together. Um, uh, I'll kind of I'll back up. So what happened was um, a friend of mine, a recent friend, a new friend of mine. Her name is Morgan Heim. She um, is a local that uh, is a photojournalist, conservation um, photojournalist and filmmaker. She wanted to come out and start taking some photos of our work. And through that, um, a friend of hers, an acquaintance of hers, uh, who works in advertising, um, kind of globally, uh, was learned of us through her. And he was working presently, uh, his company is working with uh, Cat Footwear. So they're, they get their licensing from Caterpillar brand like tractors and they make work boots, rubber boots. So um, wait, so Caterpillar Tractors mm -hmm. has a line of work boots called Correct. Cat... Cat Footwear. So, cat Footwear. Yeah, they make shoes, um, general okay. you know, walking shoes. They make work boots. Heavy um, duty, yep. Yep, and then of course they just started this. the Stormers, or is what the um, rubber boots are called, the rain boots, that have steel toe and they come in all different sizes and shape, or colors. Anyhow, they wanted to um, kind of focus on, for their global marketing campaign, they wanted to focus on organizations or businesses that are kind of promoting change in the community or the world. Um, and through my connection with Morgan and her connection with uh, Where Next, is what the company's called, um, they chose us as their, um, is kind of like the face of their global marketing That's campaign. That's such an honor to be chosen yeah. by this international company mm -hmm. Mm -hmm to be um, the face for their brand new launch of their work boots. So. Yeah, so we spent um, three days with them while they came out and um, took uh, footage of us doing our work, asking us questions, interviewing us. Um, they took a bunch of photographs of us doing our work. And uh, so, uh, yeah, so then they created this eight-and-a-half-minute-long, beautiful documentary of our work and what we do. Um, and it's part of their global marketing campaign with an estimated reach of about 75 million people globally. Wow, 75 million people. So the Wildlife Center of the North Coast, yay, blessings on Charnel Fee for doing this. Mm -hmm. And and good on you, Josh, for carrying this on and for all the, I mean, you have really raised the profile mm -hmm. of the Wildlife Center of the North Coast. There's no question about it. And, um, and again, the conservation education piece is so crucial um, for now and for the future. So, and at this dinner, so you get mm -hmm. to see this amazing video, which is a professional video, uh, which is going to be going worldwide, and um, and you get to bid on some amazing experiences. So yeah. tell us about, you have six live auction items. Yeah. What are those? Uh, yeah, so this year, we have more than we've ever had. Um, so we have, as always, our private release party, which, you know, you and 14 of your friends get to come out, are invited to... Um, uh, participate in the release of one of our patients whether that's a bald eagle a pelican an owl a hawk whatever it is um you get to come out we have refreshments uh we make a big party with you know champagne or whatever other beverage that people like um and you get to help open the kennel door and release the animal to the wild um so that's always a big you know exciting experience so that's one of our auction items we also have um a fishing trip for two with um that's provided by alan evans of helping hands um, so you get to go out on the Columbia River on a boat, on Alan's boat, and go fishing with him. Um, and he brings you to the, the best fishing spots in the river. Um, we have a bar pilot experience, Columbia River bar pilot experience, where uh, if you win that one, you get to go out on the bar pilot boat to one of the big ships out in the river um, and watch them you know, board the ship, 
um, and and it's really exciting. I've heard I've never done it before, but I've heard that it's a very exciting experience. And then um, we will also have two different chef experiences. So next events, um, uh, the annex, the old annex at Baked Alaska, um, there will be a sh- private uh, dining experience where they'll actually. Um, I know last year he offered. Uh, they, they teach you what he's making so you get to go into that you you and i think eight friends get to go in there i could be wrong on that um could be more could be less but you get to go in there and and get a wine pairing and or a drink pairing and learn um how to cook what he's cooking and then chef jonathan hoffman of the dodo bakery in seaside is also um he's also donated a private chef experience where he'll go to you basically and cook for you with a wine pairing and the final experience is um, JBT Electro, um, which used to be Electro, but was recently purchased. Um, JBT Electro out at the airport in Warrenton or Astoria Airport. Um, they have donated a behind-the-scenes tour of their factory, and uh, kind of, you know, uh, Henry Balancey for the mayor of Warrenton uh, will be the tour guide of that. Um, he will give you a tour behind the scenes, and if they have one of their tow barless electric airplane tugs, the things that push and pull the airplanes um, on the tarmac, if they have one made and available, then you get to go out on a little ride um, on that as well. And we are um, throwing in a uh, gift certificate for lunch at the High Life Adventures with that one. That's really exciting. Six mm-hmm. terrific auction yeah. items. But again, it's. It, I just think this is such an amazing thing for families to do. I mean, mm-hmm. any of these um, opportunities, but also for families to support and promote because yeah. children know the value of wildlife. Mm-hmm. When they hear a bird singing, when I hear the blue heron uh, mm-hmm. croaking and, and flying, I mean, it's just there. there's something magical that happens with wildlife. Yeah. And, um, and, and you all are educating people and saving the wildlife here on the north coast so um it's really important that people come to this dinner and um and and support what you all are doing because you're growing Mm -hmm. you have more needs and things are changing as we're having more and more people come on uh into this area Mm -hmm. and you've so you've seen that over your period of time that you've been the executive director yeah we've we've seen a lot of fluctuations um in the wildlife coming in and, and um, like huge changes, like one year only having 500 animals come through to, you know, now having probably over a thousand coming through. Um, all kinds of different variables probably play play into that. But yeah, we've seen a lot of change. Right. But I, I think there must be such gratification when you are able to do a release yeah. of a pelican, a bald eagle, a yeah. hawk, an owl. Yeah, we see these animals at their worst right we see these this bald eagle that came in um, sometimes lead poisoning is a huge thing that bald eagles suffer from um, even here so we see bald eagles coming in where they can't hold their heads up their eyes are shut and here's this animal that's supposed to be on defense at all times this big huge uh, majestic you know powerful animal is now laying there can't hold its head up can't fly starving to death um, from lead poisoning so when we're able to reverse that, fix that, um, create, you know, transition or transform this animal from this weak state to back to its, you know, former glory, so to speak, um, it is, it, it's, um, I guess it kind of reignites why we do this. It helps us, it helps keep us, um, you know, doing what we're doing. So. And why is there, is lead poisoning in particular a, a problem for bald eagles? Bald eagles, well, it's because they eat a lot. They're scavengers, so they'll eat fish that have swallowed lead weights uh, um they yes. eat you know squirrels have been shot with lead um mm. people still hunt with lead even though i think um, for waterfowl it's been banned but 
Um, yeah, so they eat things that have been hit with lead and have died somewhere. Right. Um, Again, then, part of the mission of educate, mm-hmm. educating yep. folks, right, yeah, about then, all of it. Yeah, so then it becomes yep. it compounds in the animal right. and becomes super right. toxic. So I think what you're doing is so exciting, Josh. Yeah, I mean, you. you are truly, again, the Wildlife Center of the North Coast now has um, a much higher profile than it ever has because the work you're doing is so vital and important. Um, and... We only have a few minutes left, so I want to let you talk a little bit more about this event or about what else you'd like people to know about. Um, There is another little quote I'd love to read um, because, again, wildlife has... um, has a value beyond anything I think we really um, can even talk about. Mm -hmm. Um, But, um, and that is that uh, even watching wildlife can have an impact. Um, I There was something on the web this morning from um, a woman who wrote for a guide to mammals in Colorado or watching wildlife. And she says that watching animals has an impact because intrusion into their living space can expose them to predation, uh, keep them from feeding or other essential activities. It can cause them to leave their young, um, exposed to predation of the elements. So no photo of or viewing opportunities worth harassing or stressing wildlife. In appreciating and watching them, we have a responsibility to protect and preserve the animals that share our space. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's very true. We see a lot of, um, we get a lot of calls about people that say, oh, mom's not been to this nest, you know, in hours. And we say, well, how how far are you? How can you see? And they're like, oh, well, I'm about 10 feet away from the nest. And, well, of course, mom's not going to come back when there's a human, a predator, you know, where that's predators right. so close. Yes. So. Yeah, it's yeah. very important mm. to admire from afar with wildlife. Exactly. And, um, Josh, what are the things that excite you the most about the future for the Wildlife Center of the North Coast? And what's going to be, um, what's going to help make that future possible mm-hmm. is people attending this third annual Founders Dinner on yeah. Sunday, um, October 13th at the Seaside Convention Center. Yeah. Um, what I'm excited about, um, we're always growing. We're expanding our educational programs Um we are able to take in more wildlife and provide better care for them. Um, I think what's the most exciting is knowing that we can have a much bigger impact thanks to the support that we get from our community. Um, but of course, because we're always growing and we're always meeting that growing need, um, we the our need is growing as well for for um, financial support from our communities. Um, hands-on volunteer, you know, help. How do people um, get in touch with you if they want to volunteer? What's yeah, the best way for them to do that? They can call us, uh, 503-338-0331, and just say that they want to start volunteering and then get information there. Okay. Or they can email us at volunteer at coastwildlife.org. Okay. And our volunteer coordinator will set up an orientation. Um, there's all kinds of different opportunities from direct hands-on care to transport to doing the laundry and dishes, whatever really fits your need, or maintenance. We really need maintenance volunteers. Um, but, yeah, I'm just excited to see um, uh, just the future of what we can do with the help of our community. And how do people get tickets again? Let's talk about, again, yep. the third annual Founders Dinner for the Wildlife Center of the North Coast is uh, Sunday, October 13th at the Seaside Convention Center. Yes. Doors open at 530. When you buy your ticket at Eventbrite, uh, you can go to the Wildlife Center's website to do that or the Facebook page, mm-hmm. um, you then choose what you want for your dinner entree, yeah. right? Yeah, so Facebook and our website are the best places. Um, ticket sales will go down online on the 7th, but you can still buy at the door night of. But um, better to do it in better advance. Better to do it in yes, advance. Please it's get best. your tickets right now. It's when you when you easiest, stop listening yeah. to this program, go online and get your tickets to so, this dinner, Yeah, please. if you have Facebook, you can go to Wildlife Center North Coast, click on our events tab, click on that, and you can order the tickets right there. Um, choose your meal choice. Choose who, you know, write down who you want to sit with. Um, if you have a preference, and then submit your order, and, and it's going to be a very exciting night. 
Josh, thank you so much for all the really important work you're doing. Oh, thank for you your for your enthusiasm, me your great heart, and uh, and for and for doing that. Sixteen years of age, you knew, and <laughs> so you started doing this. Yeah. So yes, yeah. Well, thank you for having job. me. Thank here. you so much. I want to end with one um, one little quote. Again, this is from Henry Beston, who wrote um, The Outermost House, A Year of Life on the Great Beach of Cape Cod. Um, he wrote this in, I think, 1928. We need another and a wiser and perhaps a more mystical concept of animals. Remote from universal nature and living by complicated artifice, man in civilization surveys the creature through the glass of his knowledge and sees thereby a feather magnified and the whole image in distortion. We patronize them for their incompleteness, for their tragic fate of having taken form so far below ourselves, and therein we err, and err greatly. For the animal shall not be measured by man. In a world older and more complete than ours, they move finished and complete, gifted with extensions of the senses we have lost or never attained, living by voices we shall never hear. They are not brethren, they are not underlings, they are other nations." caught with ourselves in the net of life and time, fellow prisoners of the splendor and travail of the earth. Please support the Wildlife Center of the North Coast. Go to their website or the Facebook page. Get a ticket for this event. Volunteer. Thank you so much, Josh. Yeah, thank and you. And thank you, Joanne, right out for being our fabulous engineer today. And so much gratitude to local talented banjo instructor Michael Bruin for his original theme music for this program. Until next week, let's find a moment right now, today, right this minute, to take a deep breath. It is so good for body, mind, and spirit. And then with gratitude, focus on the things that are going well in your life. There will always be those things that aren't going well. But focus on the things that are. And then with gratitude, give yourself a loving and compassionate hug or a pat on the back for being uniquely you. You're the only one. And for doing the best you can, because everyone really is. And for being here now, in this moment, the only moment that exists, the now moment, on the amazing planet we call Earth. <laughs>